Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. Our topic today, getting to know your church family. Whether you're a pastor or a volunteer leader in your local church, God wants you to be an excellent Christian leader. And getting to know your church family is an essential part of that leadership journey. Our guest, Dan Jackson, president of the North American Division of Seventh-day Adventist. Dan, thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I know you have a pastor's heart. You have a, uh, a leader's heart that wants to connect with people. Mm. Um, let me ask, uh, is there a problem as you look around the church, not only in North America, but worldwide? Are, are leaders getting to know the people in their churches? Well, I think that that is one of the issues that is, is really predominating in many fields. And it's not just in North America, but, but when people feel that the pastors are not connecting to the, or with them, uh, there's a void there. And that void creates many problems that proliferate in a, a, a wide variety of ways. Now, that could be simply... Uh, an outgrowth of uh, the church just growing exponentially, right? Mm. You just came back from part of the world where the church is growing leaps, leaps and bounds. So I suppose part of the challenge could be uh, just more members. It, it could be more members. It also, it, it also is an indicator of the fact that people are very busy. And uh, not only is the pastor busy, does he have a, 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 a big schedule, but the, the members are busy. And so it's not just as easy as it might have been 30 or 50 years ago to call up the folks and say, I'd like to come and visit you because uh, people have schedules and they're pressing schedules and uh, families are busy as well. So, so you I, I can't think it's walk and just see them on the front porch. No, it's not all that easy. Mm. Now, um, why is it important? We're going to set it as a priority. We may need to organize in order to see this happen. But why is it important for a church leader? We've got pastors and volunteer leaders, lay leaders watching the program. Why is it important for them to get to know the church family? You know, things have changed in our world. It used to be perhaps 50 years ago or 30, whenever, that, that a pastor when he moved into a new territory, uh, automatically had the support and the appreciation of membership. That's not true anymore. So it's not just bequeathed as some it's, kind it's of not honorary just right? A, it's not just gifted. Um, I, I look back at my early ministry, and I remember a sister coming to me one day with her son, and she said, I've told my son I'm praying that when he grows up, he will be just like you, Pastor. Uh, you know, about 10 years after that, I never heard that kind of thing again, mm -hmm. but it used to be. So, you know, pastoring is, is frontline mission. Mm. It is frontline mission. And, and a pastor is called upon not only to be a visionary, but also to be one who implements that vision. You know, you can't lead people, you can't minister to people unless they allow you to minister to them. So that's where getting to know, the, building that bridge is so vitally important. If you can't build a bridge with your members, you know, you, you, can't, uh, you, you can't expect them to follow you. I used to tell my members all the time, uh, I will greet you at church, but I will know that I'm getting to know you when I've had my feet under your living room table. 
I didn't invite myself for lunch, although many times I was, was invited, but until I got out and actually got to put my feet under the table and was able to talk heart to heart with people. Um, I, I, you, you know, today you can't lead people who don't know and trust you. Now, the people that would invite you, I'm guessing, correct me if I'm wrong, that they're more likely to invite you if they know you're a leader who wants to get to know them. Well, I think that's very true. And, and you know, in, in those moments in time, and, and the, the interesting thing is that every congregation has its own personality. And it's comprised with people, depending on, it doesn't matter how large or small, everybody has their own personality. But if you don't get into the homes, you, how do you preach? How do you lead? I guess you just imagine what they're like. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember in my very first year in ministry, I started, I started a habit that I never lost, even though I was pastoring, I pastored two college churches. I never quit visiting my members. Mm. But I remember in my very first year, it was a profound experience. I went in to a lady's home. And she looked at me, and tears started to run down her, eye, her, her face. And she said, Pastor, I know I will never be saved mm. because I hate brother so-and-so. Mm. And you know, as a young pastor, I thought it was my job to absolutely scare the daylights out of the saints in order to whip them into shape. But after about four or five months of pastoring, when I had that visit in that home, mm. I said, you know, our people aren't always sure of their own salvation. They're not sure about their relationship with members of the church. They're not sure about their relationships with their pastor. Mm. How do you find out if you don't get into that home and sit down and talk with them and encourage them? I mean, that dear lady, um, about 20 years later, I pastored in another church where she had become a member in that, in that congregation. And... Uh, uh, you, you know, she reminded me of that. She said, do you remember when mm. you came and I, I had this problem? Anyway, the, the, the point is, I started to understand that you cannot expect people to follow your counsel, to embrace your vision, unless you have embraced them and come to mm. understand them as people who they are. Right. With their needs and their concerns and their issues. You talk about beginning in ministry. I remember I was not yet a full-time pastor. I was just volunteering uh, with uh, uh, Leonard Jakes at Tacoma mm -hmm. Park Church. And I went to visit an elderly lady. She was a widow of a church worker. And tears came to her eyes. She said, I don't ever remember being visited yes. by a pastor before. Well, after the break, we're going to talk about visitation is one way to get to know your church family. There are other places, that, settings than going into the home, but that seems to be a wonderful place to start. We've learned building that rapport is part of your leadership in that community, whether you're a pastor or a lay leader. Learning to know your church family, vitally important. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today, getting to know your church family. That's vitally important for an effective leader. Dan Jackson, thanks for being our guest today. Mm. You've been a pastor of small churches, larger churches now. 
you're the leader of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in North America. Mm -hmm. But let's go back to your pastoral time mm -hmm. because you said you learned about the importance of pastoral visitation, building that rapport. Um, how did that impact you in your ministry? How did it impact your church family? Well, I'll tell you how it impacted me. Um, first of all, as you, as you come close to your members, as you come to understand what makes them tick, all of a sudden you have found a basis to preach and to teach. And when it comes to leadership, um, the, the, the more you get to know the people, the more they're willing to follow. We, ha we used to have, and I, I'm, I'm sure many pastors do this, but every year we would, we would take our people for a camping trip where we just had the board members and, and, uh, and, and we drew close. We would study spiritual topics for a whole weekend and then in the last few hours we would talk about our dreams for the church and so on. When we would get problems, when there would be problems uh, arising in the church, those boards, those leaders were solid with the pastor because we had fellowship. Mm. We had come to mm. understand each other. So how does it impact? Well, it impacts, first of all, in terms of your own heart, mm. your own heart for the people, your own ability to understand that uh, people come into the church and, and you know, you're, how are you? Oh, I'm great. You know, but you know that's not always true. People right. come in who are wounded, who are hurting. How do you know that unless you actually are in touch with Visit their lives? With yeah. So that, that, that helps you understand how as a pastor can I minister to those people. But it also builds that level of rapport so that when it comes time to innovate, to bring about change, to move ahead missionally, uh, the people are willing to say, hey, the pastor loves me. I can trust this person. Mm. And so I will, I'm willing to, to throw my weight behind this idea. Now, it doesn't matter whether they're rich or poor, right. whether they're the leaders or... or, or, sure. or, or, or Corporate executives. Right. Or, it doesn't matter. Right. Right. People appreciate the fact that a pastor has taken the time to understand who they are. Now let's talk, we, we've talked about going visiting in, in their homes and that's certainly vital. I can't, you've pastored churches with six, eight hundred, a thousand more than that members. You can't probably get into all of their homes every year. But let's talk about some other settings mm -hmm. where you can get to know your uh, church family. W what about uh, on Sabbath church, people are coming mm -hmm. in? Well, I, I had a habit that I, I developed because I recognized that I could not get around to every home really quickly. So I made a decision that prior to the early service and prior to Sabbath school, I would be, you, you know, I would finish whatever preparations I was doing, my prayer, my study. You know, I used to, I used to go into the sanctuary and people thought I was a little weird, but I would go and touch every pew and pray for the people who sat in that, that pew. Mm. So by the time prayer. Intercessory prayer. So by the time people were coming into church, I was in the sanctuary already. By the way, just before you go on, you really can't pray for people unless you've got to know them, can you? That's I it. Mean, it would be very general. That's it. But you're praying now for a marriage, for a son right. who may be struggling. So, right. And then the people start coming in. What do you do when they come in? Run back to the, uh, to the like, little vestry area? And hide? And, Hide until you walk out and give your sermon. <laughs> no, I, I, would, I would go out into the sanctuary and until the Sabbath school superintendent started up, I, I would shake hands, I'd greet people, 
uh, you know, I would try to keep it reverent, sure. but, but because it wasn't the sanctuary. But, but we are told to greet each other. Now, I didn't greet them all with a holy kiss, but, but I did greet warm... them with a warm handshake sure. asking how they were. And, you know, the people felt visited. They felt appreciated. Let me tell you another story. Um, our members have needs. If they know the pastor is open to listening to their needs, mm. they sometimes do unusual things in order to gain the ear mm -hmm. of the pastor. Mm -hmm. I was sound asleep in my bed on a Sunday morning, 5.30, my phone rang. Now, Sunday for me was always my day off. I know others have other days. but 5.30 is fairly early. 5.30 on a Sunday morning. <laughs> I don't get up early on Sunday morning. So the phone rings, and I pick up the phone. I, I tried to put my head under the covers, not, but I finally picked up the phone. Here's a sister. She says, Pastor, will there be a prayer meeting this Wednesday night? <laughs> and you know, I... I, I you hope I, there's I, something a little more I, urgent. I have a little flip side to me that wants to say, yeah, 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 and hang up. But it was a real call, sister. So why is she calling and why now? So, you know, that's it. So mm. I said to her, sister, there will be prayer meeting on Wednesday night. She said, thank you, pastor, then hung up the phone. She did? Yeah. The next Sunday, 5.30 in the morning, mm. phone rings. Same sister, oh, pastor, no. will there be prayer meeting on Wednesday night? And I said, yes, sister, there will be. Why are you asking? Well, I just wanted to know. She hung up the phone. Mm. But, you know, the first Sunday, I went right back to sleep. Second Sunday, I couldn't sleep because I said just what you, you anticipated. You, you're a little sharper than I am. See, I... I, 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 <laughs> Some people call Sunday, that a cry for help. It, yeah, it, it's not and, explicit and, yet. But. And that's exactly what hit me mm. the second Sunday after we'd hung up. So the next Sunday, same deal. Same <laughs> sister, same time, same question. I answered the question and I said, you're really lonely, aren't you, sister? Mm. You're, you're really lonely. And she started to cry. Mm. She said, it was at this time of the year that my husband passed away. Mm. And the nights are so excruciating. Mm. It is so painful. And so we chatted for quite a long time. And, uh, I, you know, I prayed with her. And then that week I went to visit her. You know, I, and I told her, I said, you can call me 530 <laughs> Sunday morning anytime you wish. Well, it happened two or three more times, but then it, it faded away. I got to know something else. Sure. And that was the anticipation of need. People don't call the pastor on Sunday morning at 530 to just ask about prayer meeting. Mm. I should have twigged on the first Sunday, but I didn't. But, you know, it, it, it taught me something as a pastor. You've got people who you need to, you, you must get into their homes. You can bring them to your home. Right. Even though you can't in larger settings bring them all in. Mm. And then I think you need to utilize the elders and the other leaders in the church to reach out and touch the lives of these folks. And after the break, we want to talk about how you have a circle of influence as a leader. If you're a pastor or a volunteer leader in your church, you have a circle. Jesus had a circle to be with him. But then how we can train, equip, empower other leaders to get to know the congregation. We'll talk more right after the break.
Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is getting to know your church family. Our guest, Dan Jackson, president of the North American Division of Seventh-day Adventist. Dan, you have a pastor's heart. I can tell that. I, I still have this picture of you walking around a fairly large congregation, shaking hands with all of the people, trying to get to know their names. Now, I'm guessing you're not only building rapport with them, but you are modeling to your other leaders what it means to be a leader in that congregation. You're getting to know people. Yes. I, I um, you know, in, in those early Sabbath morning visitations in sanctuary, <clears throat> I learned a great deal. You know, you, you, you go and you, you, you see the people. Now, they're not all there because they don't all come to Sabbath school early, but in a larger congregation, there are many people there. There are certain limitations, aren't there? There are certain limitations to the ability of a pastor to visit 1,000 or 1,500 members. Even though I still tried to do it, I recognized there had to be other ways to get under the skin of the people. And, and, and I mean that for the sake of the gospel. I'm not talking sure. about a, 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 a cult of personality. Sure. You know, but the pastor has, he has, if, if you follow the ministry of Jesus, the way he engaged with people, the way he anticipated their needs. He knew and understand who the, understood who they were. The, the, the pastor of today has that same responsibility, but he, he recognizes that he is not perhaps going to be able to do everybody in a very quick fashion. We used to have, and I, I mentioned this earlier, we used to have in the churches I pastored what we called leadership retreats. They really were groups of probably up to 30 people that we would take away for a weekend. And the primary function of that weekend was to study together, to pray together, to draw closer to the Lord and closer to one another. Now, that was my core group. Those were the people that I had to work with all the time. They were the leadership rank of the church. It was vital that they understood me and I understood them. That was always a blessing. It was always beneficial. But you know, if you do that with 30 people and you've got 1,000 people to minister to, how do you do that? You can't have a leadership retreat every weekend, otherwise you wouldn't be in church, right? Right. But you can model for the leaders who function in every different area of the church how they can also work with individuals. So the youth leaders or a Sabbath school teacher sure. can get to know the circle of influence that she has. Right. And so there's this sense of really getting to know each other. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So I, I, I think the, the recognition, now some pastors, you know, they divide their churches up into parishes and, and that's great. If they're doing that, that's wonderful. You know, there is a tendency in the part of the members sometimes in some areas to say, well, if the pastor wasn't here to visit me, I haven't been visited. But that's just not the truth. Right. You have to educate. Them. We have to educate and we have to model compassionate, caring ministry and then train other people to do it. And, and this will be a huge blessing to congregations. Now, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced that, that pastors, lay leaders who get out and get to know their members, it's going to bless the church family because we're going to find needs that they have. We're going to be able to preach in a relevant way. You, you talked about really caring for them in a relevant way, even even programming uh, in the church, support groups, whatever, 
are going to grow out of that visitation. What does it do for the pastor personally? How, how does his or her ministry in the church change in terms of the way the church relates to, to the pastor or the leader? Well, you, you know, I'll tell you from my own experience. When I started in ministry, I, I, I really wrestled because I could see people's reactions to things and I was not always very sympathetic. Mm. I was not always very caring about their attitudes. But, you know, the more I got into under, trying to understand who are these people, the more my heart was filled with compassion for them. Mm-hmm. And... and what kind of a blessing was that? It gave me the opportunity to be with people at their most vulnerable, at their happiness, at their most challenging moments in you life. You were welcomed into and their And I was welcomed circle. into their... And, and mm. it, you build a trust relationship with people where you love them and they love you. And so th- that love comes back. And, and I'm guessing you talk to talking about leadership, getting to know them, that as you cast the vision because you know the needs and you know them, they're going to step alongside. They're going to come with you. Big time. In terms of their commitment to ministry. They, they, you know, I had a church once where we wanted to do some major outreach and that congregation hadn't done evangelism for years and years and years. And uh, we wanted to get into it and get into it heavy. And uh, I will never forget, you know, we had, we had started to work with people. We were out in the homes visiting, um, praying with people. And it all came to a test over this series of meetings. We needed money. The conference couldn't give us very much money for evangelism, but we're talking about the city of Toronto. Mm. And I went to the congregation. I said, I, I said to them, next Sabbath, I'm going to ask you for an offering. Now, I'm not going to make a long appeal. If you think that reaching out into our community for Christ is important, then you bring an offering with you next week. If you don't, then don't bring an offering. And I'm not going to be mad. My wife told me that she figured I would get about $5 for that great offering appeal. <laughs> but the next Sabbath morning... But you morning, laid a foundation. The next Sabbath morning, those people gave $35,000. Mm. You know, there was a generosity that was based upon relationships and a willingness to pull behind and to support. And, and what happens in a congregation in that you, 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 is, is that people get enthusiastic. Sure. They don't just support the pastor, but they get enthusiastic about God's work. Mm. So getting to know these people is a, is a huge privilege on the part of the pastor, mm. but the benefits for the local congregation, the benefits for God's work, mm. really are amazing. You know, back to what you said earlier then, that authority is not just gifted, that right. support is not just automatic, right. but it's something that's, is it earned? It's, uh, it's developed. It's developed. In as, the context of relationship. It's relationally developed, mm. yes. You know, I was a pastor for 25 years before I went into administrative work. And that, that became a foundation for what I did, was to build the relationships with the people. And I always found that once we had become friends, once we had come to understand each other, that the levels of support, the willingness to pull, pull behind and to push and to, and to move things forward just really grew. Dan Jackson, president of the North American Division, still has a pastor's heart still building relationships. 
Thanks for being with us today on Ministry of Motion. And thank you for joining us. A really important topic, getting to know your church family and some practical insights of how that will bless you as a leader and bless the church and yes, bless the community because a loving, caring, united church can go out and share the love of Jesus in such a powerful way. Thanks for joining us for Ministry in Motion today. Practical lessons that can bless your ministry as a leader in your local church. And my prayer is that you would take these lessons about getting to know your church family, put them into practice, and be a blessing to your church family.